you do if you had a twin sister? You were closer than ever and you loved each other, but some would say you were a little too close. So close that you literally couldn't function without each other. You were so wrapped up in your own world with your twin that nobody else outside of it existed. This would go on for years and years, and the only way for it to end would be for one of you to die. Hello, my fellow divers, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Dive, where we take a deep dive into crime. I'm your host, Lexi. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're new, welcome to the water. We're so happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back to the water. We missed you. And thank you for coming back to take another deep dive into crime with us. As you can see, if you were watching on YouTube, my background is up guys look at it you like it is it pretty comment below if you like my background or if you have any ideas for it if you don't like it just don't say nothing because i don't want to hear it because you gonna hurt my feelings because it took me a long time to put this up okay this is gonna be my background for the remainder of october because i am doing spooky content all month long don't forget we drop our episodes tuesday mornings at 3 30 a.m and we drop our video versions on youtube on saturday mornings at 10 30. Today we are going to be talking about the very strange case of the silent twins. When I first heard about this case, I could not believe that something like this had ever even happened or existed, and I'm sure you will feel the same exact way. But with that, let's get right into the case. Twin girls June and Jennifer Gibbons were born on April 11th, 1963 in England. Their parents' names were Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. Now, Aubrey was actually in the Royal Air Force, so the family moved around a lot, and they moved from Barbados to England three years before the twins were born. Four years after the twins were born, they actually had another daughter named Rosie. June and Jennifer were extremely close. They had that very strong twin connection. Comment below if you have a twin. I'm very curious to hear what it's like. Do you hear each other's thoughts? Can you finish each other's sentences? If one gets hit, does the other one feel it? All those kind of things. Comment below. Let me know. I'm very curious. But June and Jennifer, they weren't just close. Like they were really, really, really close. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they both actually had a speech impediment, which is in itself pretty interesting how they both ended up having the same speech impediment. But this speech impediment made it almost impossible for anybody other than them to understand each other. They got so tired of repeating themselves to people that they literally just stopped talking. And they didn't do it for a few hours just to be funny. No, they did this for a really, really long time, years. They just stopped talking to people. And this made them even closer to one another. June and Jennifer even made up their own language. And this is actually a phenomenon in twins called cryptophagia, where they make up their own language that nobody other than them can understand. In 1974, when the twins were 11 years old, the family moved to Wales and they ended up going to school out there. Now, June and Jennifer were actually very, very smart students. And for the most part, they were pretty well behaved other than the fact that they still wouldn't speak to people. So they were still keeping up this whole not talking to anybody other than each other thing. They did it so much that it frustrated their teachers to no end because they would act like nobody else existed other than the two of them. So imagine trying to teach a child who doesn't even acknowledge your existence. I can imagine that's pretty difficult. The other kids at school would also make fun of them because they just felt like the twins were really creepy. They would eat in sync, they would walk in sync. If they were walking and somebody was watching them, obviously if you see two people walking in sync that look exactly like each other, you're probably gonna stop and stare. But June and Jennifer would stop walking and stare at the person and wait until the person walked away before they would resume walking in sync again. 
June and Jennifer, like I said, were bullied by a lot of people in their school because they were just very odd. And not to mention, they were the only two black girls in their school, which made people pick on them even more. June and Jennifer's parents were very concerned about their behavior because it was just clear that something wasn't right about them. So they decided to take them to a child psychologist to figure out what was going on. And they were diagnosed with selective mutism, which means they're only quiet in certain social settings where they feel uncomfortable or anxious. They pick and choose where they want to speak and where they don't want to speak. And being at school was not a place that they wanted to speak. But when they were with each other, they wanted to talk because they were more comfortable. The school that the girls went to just wasn't equipped to handle their selective mutism diagnosis. They just didn't have the tools to cater to the girls in a way that would benefit them and help them grow. So their parents decided to put them in a special education school where they could get better help for their issues. Now at this school, the teachers were much more attentive to them. They were able to figure out what was going on with them. They were just better equipped for June and Jennifer. And it was at this school that the teacher actually found out that they didn't make up their own language. They were speaking English just really, really fast. So fast that nobody else could understand them. Now, June and Jennifer weren't just not talking at school. They also weren't speaking at home. They refused to talk to their parents, which is, I can't even imagine doing that. But June and Jennifer did it. Now they shared a room with their younger sister, Rosie. They spoke to her because she was in their room. But once Rosie got a little bit older and got her own room, they stopped speaking to her too. So at this point, they were only talking to each other. Not their sister, not their parents, nobody but each other. They would also isolate themselves in their room. They wouldn't spend any time with their family. And if they wanted something, they would communicate with their parents through letters asking for it. June and Jennifer also wouldn't eat in front of anybody, including their family. They would only eat in front of each other. They would eat in their room, they would close the door. If they wanted to watch something, they would watch it from their door down to the living room. And that was that. I mean, they were not leaving their room and interacting with anybody for anything. Now at school, it was a little bit harder for them to not eat around people. So they would just sit really close together. And like I said earlier, they would eat in sync. Now you would think the twins enjoy this comfortability that they have between one another because they're only comfortable enough to speak and eat and be around each other, but they actually didn't. June and Jennifer were sick and tired of each other. They hated the fact that they were so codependent on one another, but they felt like they had no other way to be. They didn't know how else to be. They would write in their diaries that they wished that they could be separated so they could grow. Once their parents found out that they had written this in their diary, they decided to separate the twins because they figured, well, if they want it, maybe it is what's best. So they decided to do it. June and Jennifer were sent to different boarding schools. When they were first separated, it was very, very hard for them because they had never been apart before. It was so hard for June and Jennifer to be separated that they stopped functioning normally. They couldn't eat, they couldn't sleep, they definitely weren't talking. It was like they were incapacitated and paralyzed when they weren't around each other. There was one instance where June actually had to be physically taken out of her bed and propped up against the wall because she couldn't move. Now the crazy part is June and Jennifer hated that they depended on each other so much, but they couldn't help it. And when they weren't together, this is what happened. So their parents had no choice but to put them back together because they figured them being together and being dependent on each other was better than them being apart and not eating and not sleeping and not functioning normally. 
Like I said, June and Jennifer hated the fact that they weren't able to communicate with other people. June would go on to say that they would even pray to God, asking him to give them the strength to be able to communicate with people. They tried so hard. They even bought a course on how to learn to communicate, but they just couldn't do it. It was too hard for them. So they decided to start writing books to get out their frustrations. June actually wrote a novel called Pepsi Cola Addict, and it ended up getting published. When they were 18, they actually met another set of twins, two boys from America and they started hanging out with them they were around the same age and they realized wow you know we have people who understand us we have other people that we can communicate with this was really the first time they communicated with people other than each other but this started to show the true cracks in June and Jennifer's bond they would physically fight over the boys attention and when I say fight I mean fight they would literally jump at each other's throats kick fight punch scream yell it was crazy all over these two American boys but I think there were more things underlying underneath that Eventually, Eventually the boys had to go back to America and June and Jennifer became very depressed because they lost the only other friends that they had other than each other and even they didn't always get along. They decided to take out their frustration about the fact that they were all alone again by setting fires and committing robberies around town and they kept doing it and they said they liked it. One of them wrote in their diary that they were glad that they were doing this and that they weren't going to stop until they got caught. Eventually, that's exactly what happened. June and Jennifer were captured and arrested and they were charged with 16 counts of burglary, theft, and arson. At the age of only 19, now they put the girls in jail and they put them in the same cell because I guess they were told that when they weren't together, they can't function. But when they would put them in the same cell, they would fight like crazy. It was like they hated each other. But when they were separated, they literally could not function. It was the craziest thing. The jail just didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know what to do. So the courts decided to place June and Jennifer in the Broadmoor Hospital in Berkshire, England, a psychiatric hospital where they could get more special help. And they were put in there indefinitely. Their release was dependent upon how well they improved. When they were at Broadmoor, they absolutely hated it. Now they had been writing in their diaries how much they couldn't stand each other and wanted to be separated. But once they were actually separated, it was really difficult for them. They also didn't like the amount of people that were at the Broadmoor Hospital. It just was way out of their comfort zone and they didn't like it. Although they were placed in separate wards, they were able to communicate with each other through letters. And in a letter that Jennifer had written to June, she said in there that she knew she was going to die soon. Not sure how she knew this or why she said this, but this is what she believed. Now, because the twins were separated again, they started having hallucinations because they were just having a really difficult time with it. Because of these hallucinations, they were diagnosed with schizophrenia, even though they actually didn't have it. And they were given medication for this diagnosis. Now, although the medication actually caused them to start communicating with other people, it made them feel very foggy and just out of it. It was almost like tranquilizers. They just couldn't function, they moved very slow. June and Jennifer ended up being at Broadmoor for 12 years and they stayed there for so long because after every year they would go back to the courts and their behavior would be evaluated and the judge would determine whether or not they had to stay for another year. He kept doing that, he made them stay for 12 years. I don't know if it's that they just weren't getting better or if it's that the judge just didn't know how to go about their case. But finally in 1993, after 12 years, when the twins were almost 30 years old, remember they went in when they were 19, Finally, they were getting out and they were gonna be placed in a less strict hospital that could allow them a little more freedom and they would even be allowed to be around each other. On March 9th, 1993, June and Jennifer are headed to the new hospital when Jennifer complains of pain and she just doesn't feel well at all. 
She told June that day on the way to the hospital that she knew she was going to die. By the time they got to the hospital, it was clear that something was very wrong with Jennifer and she was immediately checked out and placed into a coma. And pretty soon, Jennifer Gibbons passed away just a month before her 30th birthday. Her cause of death was acute myocarditis, which is said to be caused by viral infections or underlying autoimmune diseases. But Jennifer didn't have any of this. Doctors were very confused as to what really happened to her. When they found out that Jennifer had told June that she knew she was going to die and it was seen in some of their letters, investigators actually came in and looked into Jennifer's death to make sure she didn't do this to herself or if somebody did it to her. But they found no evidence of this. Jennifer literally predicted her own death. It was like she just died of natural causes at only 30 years old with no underlying conditions. In a weird way, June felt relieved that Jennifer was gone, even though she was completely grief stricken. She had never lived without her sister and now she had no choice. The reason why I say she was relieved is because she knew that this was really the only way she could live as an individual. And her and Jennifer both understood this. They knew that one of them was going to have to die for the other one to live a full life. And people believe that they decided early on that Jennifer was going to have to be the one to die because she was a little bit more mentally disturbed than June. June had a better chance of living a more normal life without her sister. I can't imagine accepting your own death at such a young age and then it actually happening. In March of 1994, a year after Jennifer passed away and after June had been in the new hospital for a year, the judge finally decided to release her back into society. It was clear that June had made a lot of progress without Jennifer being there and she was able to go back out into the world. Now it's sad that this is what it took for one of them to have to die for the other one to live a normal life. It's truly something I just, I don't know, I can't fathom that happening. June currently lives in Wales. She's not married and she has no children, but she lives a very normal and private life and she appears to be pretty happy. Even though she's heartbroken that she lost her sister, she believes that she had to in order to live a normal life. A movie based on the twins called The Silent Twins was released in 2022 and it's actually on Tubi, which is free. I know people would make fun of Tubi, but don't sleep on it. The movie stars Letitia Wright, who plays June. And if you don't know who Letitia Wright is, she plays Shuri on The Black Panther, his little sister, and she's an amazing actress. And she's actually gone on to say that June has given her stamp of approval on the movie, meaning that she liked it and she believes that it was an accurate depiction of her and Jennifer's life. Comment below and let me know what you guys think about this case. What do you think was really going on with June and Jennifer? Because it seems like it was a lot more than selective mutism. Do you think that there was something more sinister underneath that made them act this way? Do you think maybe they were really just one soul in two people? Comment below. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up today's episode. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening and watching and I hope to see you in the water soon.